0: Listening to Raising HSE, a podcast designed for parents with students in Hamilton Southeastern Schools. Each episode, you'll hear from different staff and teachers, and they'll share with you helpful tips, information that your student can use, and a few parenting hacks. Because together, we're raising HSE.
1: Hello, my name is Kim Lippe, and I'm the Executive Director of Staff and Student Services for HSE Schools. I'm proud to be heading into my 15th year in the district. I want to thank you for joining us for today's podcast, where our guests will be talking about HSE's approach to school safety. Of course, our primary focus is ensuring our students receive a world-class education, and we're very proud of our district's academic achievements. However, we also know that effective learning takes place when we meet the needs of all of our students, including feeling safe. Our goal today is for you to learn about how we make that happen in our district. I'm very proud to be a part of this team and joining me today are colleagues considered as experts in the field. And we are here to provide you with an overview of how HSC Schools provides not only a high quality education for our students, but also meets the needs of all of our students by providing safe spaces where effective learning can occur. I'd like to turn this over to Ryan Taylor, our Director of Staff and Student Services, who also oversees our safety initiatives and efforts for our district.
2: Well, it's been said that it takes a village uh, to raise a child. And so we've got a village here uh, with us today and joining me are two experts in the field, and that's Brooke Lawson and Mike Johnson. Uh, I'll go ahead and introduce Brooke. Uh, Brooke serves as our uh, mental health and school counseling coordinator. Uh, Brooke is uh, being credited a lot with pioneering and uh, spearheading our efforts and attitudes toward mental health supports for our students. She's a regular presenter at both national and state levels in crisis management, uh, mental health supports in the topic of social emotional learning. So we are glad to have her with us in the district. And then Mike Johnson. Uh, he's kind of a legend in his own right. Captain with the Fisher's Police Department. Uh, Officer Johnson or OJ as he's affectionately known as by thousands of kids in our district as he served as an SRO for many, many, many years. Uh, he's considering one of the founding fathers in the world of school safety efforts. And uh, so we're, we're again proud to have him here with us. He's an active national trainer uh, for SROs and also at the state level. Uh, matter of fact, he's just recently been the president of the Indian Association of School Resource Officers. Um, so again, we are very fortunate to have their skills and talents with us. And uh, and I will also say that they are two of the most sought after experts in their field uh, in training around the state and, and around the, uh, the nation as well. So as Ms. Lippy mentioned earlier, we are gonna talk about HSE's approach to school safety. And I'd be remiss not to mention this, um, that there is no one thing that's the answer to school safety. Uh, there's not a particular product or specific initiative that will ever guarantee everyone's safety. There, there just isn't. That's the reality. And so, one question we'll ask audiences whenever we present to them on the topic of safe, uh, safety is just this who's in charge of safety at your school or who's in charge of safety in your organization? And it's an interesting uh, little pause that we provide people because the response that we receive will vary uh, considerably. And I will tell you that rarely, if ever, do we hear a response with the words, I am. Uh, rather, they they tend to state someone that is stereotypically in charge of safety or, or oversight in their, their school or organization, someone like an SRO or an administrator. And so that being said, uh, we firmly believe that safety is everyone's responsibility. And that it's not something that you can just simply delegate away. We all have to have a level of ownership. And so safety, as we as we look at it, we know that safety contains multiple layers and we've identified four layers in our district. And the first layer really concentrates on prevention and education. And so I'm going to turn things over to to Brooke to just kind of highlight how we contribute to this layer one.
0: Sure. Thanks, Ryan. So one of the big contributors in my area around, you know, prevention and education is our social emotional learning work. Um, And all of our SEL work really helps to prevent school crisis. um, And also it helps promote resilience within our students. So, you know, we are teaching weekly social emotional learning lessons on topics like how to solve a problem, um, how to get along with others, how to have empathy, how to cope with difficult emotions. And all of that work really helps prevent crisis situations, but also then helps our students um, in the face of a crisis. If a crisis situation happens within their school, we're going to fall back on a lot of that instruction and a lot of those skills um, that we teach our students. You know, we also um, have placed an intentional focus on building relationships with students, um, which helps to create a safe climate um, and again, helps prevent crisis situations. So we focus a lot through some of our community circle work and our restorative practices um, and building relationships with students and their classroom teachers, but also helping build relationships with students and other students in their classrooms. So getting to know peers, um, understanding how how they work and, and how, to, how to interact with one another um, to, to help build a positive climate within our schools. Um, we also have kind of taken a, a new approach or we're shifting um, some of our approaches to discipline. Um, we're using a more restorative approach in many of our schools where you know we're helping students learn from their mistakes. Um, and how to prevent those from happening in the future and so instead of taking a zero tolerance approach to discipline we're taking a more restorative approach where we can help students learn how to prevent that situation from happening again and so those are some of the areas um, in our layer one of school safety and our prevention and education that i think are really really important for us to touch on
2: and with Captain Johnson, your expertise in the um, that SRO field particularly, I'm very curious on what you'd like to share with us today in regards to that SRO's role uh, in the prevention and education. Sure,
3: Ryan. I, I think it's important for people to understand that when we deploy our police officers into our schools, we are not um, filling the traditional role of law enforcement that one might think of when they see a patrol car cruising through their neighborhood or, or or around the business areas of our community, school resource officers have a, a little bit of a different view or they look at their their beat, so to speak, uh, through a little bit of a different lens. And we try to incorporate all the things that Brooke just mentioned into our world as well, with maybe one minor exception, and that is the discipline piece. And I'll kind of come back to that here in a second. But um, when, we, when we utilize a police officer in the school, the model that the Fisher's Police Department Follows is the uh, the NASRO or the National Association of School Resource Officer Triad approach, which really consists of three um, points on the triangle or three pillars, and that would be first of all that being a law enforcement officer because ultimately that's what we are. Um, and that would be if you're visualizing a, a triangle, that would be at the base of the triangle, the, the the foundation of what we're doing. But the two uh, uh, other sides of the triangle uh, are that of being an informal counselor and a guest speaker or, or a educator, obviously not a trained teacher, but um, someone who can enter the classroom as, a, as an educator. And so we want our officers to make sure that they are fully engaged in social and emotional learning. They're engaged in all of the efforts that the school is pushing forward on the education front um, when kids are in crisis, not necessarily to be experts in that or to engage directly with those things, but to know the framework so that If a teacher is utilizing some of those discipline techniques, they can utilize their SRO as a a mentor, as a counselor, as somebody that a student could use, uh, you know, to to talk to if they need some help. Um, You know, if if we have a discipline case, we really don't want our uh, school resource officers to engage in that discipline piece. And that's the one thing where we'll kind of uh, sit out of the, uh, the, the components that Brooke mentioned because we really don't want SROs involved in school discipline, because we don't wanna make a school discipline matter turn into a criminal thing. Um, obviously, there, there are components of what we do where we have to engage in some sort of investigation of things that occur in school, whether it be drugs or theft or some of those things. But we also recognize that, um, you know, dress code violations, um, you know, having a phone in school, uh, you know, those types of things are not our lane. Um, now, if a student gets in trouble for those things, and we end up being part of the um, you know, the, the, the process where they you know, can talk to us to, to work through those things, that's completely fine, but we, we really don't want our SROs involved in discipline. And then the other piece would be the instructional things. You know, If we can come into a classroom and talk about consequences, choices, things like that, that, that can help support the, the school's mission, then we'll, we're certainly uh, engaged as much as we can in those areas.
2: Let's take a moment to, to discuss how important it is for the connectivity of our kids um, and those relationships in um, the, you know, the overall safety component, because that's something I don't think people uh, traditionally look at. They, they think of, you know, hey, we've got these locked doors. We have adults monitoring doors. We, people tend to think about just the physical structure, those physical things that are in place, products. And, and we know uh, that 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 just is a small part in our overall picture. And we 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 at HSE we focus a lot on that relationship component. Brooke, do you, do you want to just touch base on how important uh, having those relationships built in the school contributes to a safe environment?
0: Sure, of course. Well, I think you know one important thing um, when it comes to relationship building is for you know for our staff to understand their students right and to be able to identify you know what's the baseline typical behavior for this student and and what is maybe um you know a little different or you know how might i notice a student who's struggling um with something or or something of that nature and the and the other important thing is you know when we think about maslow's hierarchy of need and we think about you know what kids need to get so you know the top of that triangle is what we do at as a school district, right, education. But kids can't learn if they don't have relationships and they don't feel safe and they don't feel connected to people within their school. And so that's a really, really important um, aspect of school safety is that relationship, that ability to feel safe at school, that ability to be my authentic self at school and and feel like I I am in a place where I'm connected and, and ready to learn.
2: And from the SRO's perspective, um, OJ, you mind uh, just sharing a little bit on that perspective as well?
3: Sure. I, I think uh, you mentioned uh, that there's no one thing, right, that, that makes a school safe, right? But if the, if I were to pick one thing that would be the, the, the front runner, I think building relationships would be it. And that goes to, to our side of, of this conversation as well. Our SROs are in this job uh, to, you know, to help raise our kids and, um, and getting engaged with them outside of the traditional, you know, lane that we're in, whether it be the mentoring or the counseling thing, uh, maybe just, you know, coming in contact with kids in, in the hallway or at lunch or, or, or the younger kids, going to recess with them, um, you know, and, and engaging with them in gym class. Uh, coaching after hours those, those you know, whatever you know these officers can do to build relationships our job is not to trail nail and jail as many kids as we can and drive stats you know to, to prove our worth our worth is not really measurable so much because it's in the field of building relationships and um you know it, like i said if there's one thing that we could do uh, to, to make our schools safer, I think, across the board, teachers, you know, uh, uh, staff members, cafeteria workers, school resource officers, counselors, you know, everybody that works in a school, if we could build relationships with our students and they trust us and they feel safe around us, then we're, we're making some pretty uh, strong headway.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, equity is a huge part of, of, of what we are doing, and, and that's a big emphasis at uh, HSE as well. And, and, you know, people get a little uh, confused about, about equity and equality. And, and I will tell you, Miss Ms. Lippe has shared this with me, and I hate to put words in her mouth, but I'm going to, is that, you know, you think about equality as everybody gets a pair of shoes. And then you think in terms of equity, everybody get a pair, they get a pair of shoes, but they get a pair of shoes that fit. And so as we think of in terms of equity in relationships. The fact is, we want our teachers and every adult interacting with kids. But the fact of the matter is, yes, if that happened each and every day, that's equal. But we know some kids need more, and we know that some kids need more attention. Um, and they just have—they—they they come from every walk of life, and every—you know—every kid has their own unique challenges that need overcome so that learning can occur. And so, you know, those relationships again are going to be the cornerstone of our safety plan. We know when we have a safe school, we have, we have students that feel free to tell adults when they see unsafe situations occur. They know that when they see those unsafe situations, even with their friends, they're more apt to report it. And that kind of segues into our layer two of our overall safety plan. And layer two really focuses on deterrence, um, delays, and, and detection. And so, you know, from the typical uh, infrastructure standpoint, the physical things you think, again, you go back to locked doors, you think about all those steps. We have key fobs, controlled entries, cameras, all those kinds of things um, that are traditionally set up to deter or detect when we see threats coming from the outside. But let's just be honest, the, the majority of threats that schools face aren't coming from the outside. There are definitely some anomalies out there statistically throughout the country that make headlines but the, the everyday kind of issues and concerns, and I hate to call them threats, but those kind of things that we traditionally think are a threat to our safety are internal. And our kids are our eyes and they're our ears, and they are more apt to report those things that we can, so that we can intercept and, and provide assistance and support if they know they have trusting relationships built, if they know that they can use things such as our HSE Report It app. Um, to alert uh, adults in our SROs when there's unsafe situations. And so that's really that, that layer two, but it, but it has so many more components. Uh, and one of those is really how we have therapists in our schools, uh, we have emotional support. And Brooke, talk to us a little bit about some of those layer two supports that we have for our kids.
0: Sure. Well, so, you know, like I talked about in layer one and and we just discussed the importance of those relationships. Right. And the classroom teachers, knowing their students and knowing when a kid is off or knowing when a kid might be struggling with something. Um, Every single one of our schools has school counselors um, and they are really, you know, that that person in the building, the expert in in their field of how they can support students. And, you know, they help us to assess different situations, if a student's struggling or a student might have made a threat to themselves. Our school counselors are in the buildings and able to kind of help with those assessments, but then we also have mental health therapists in every single one of our schools, and that has been a relatively new addition. Um, That contract started in 2017 with Community Health Network, Um, and it's just been a really great support for you know if our if our school counselors identify a student who's really struggling with some mental health issues mental health challenges they're able to make a referral to the counsel, the therapist within their building um, and students can receive mental health therapy during the school day at their school. Um, and that is that can be really, really beneficial to our kids. So we have a mental health expert in every single one of our schools. They're providing therapy to students. They're working with classroom teachers to put strategies in place to help kids be successful. Um, and then they're also working with our families to provide support um, to, to the family. Um, and really one of the exciting things about that contract is we're seeing that when kids get connected early, they get better quickly, right? And so they're not struggling with those issues for as long, and then they're able to get back to, you know, their baseline and and really get better. Um, so that is one of the really important layer twos in in my area of expertise that that we have in our district.
2: Yeah, appreciate that, OJ. Um, from that SRO perspective, uh, what would you like to to add? You know,
3: there there are kids that come to us, you know, every day that have a very you know happy home life. They're they're supported. They have a lot of things going their way. But there are also some kids that go to school every day, some in, in situations that are not necessarily ideal. Uh, think of a story that you know, I was at Fisher's High School one day, uh, leaving the building actually, and, and Officer Matt Runo in that building was walking with me, and we were head, heading out you know, towards my car and. Uh, it was it was during class, hallways were relatively empty, and uh, there was a student walking towards us in the hall. And Matt knew that, Officer Runo knew that student and had a relationship with that student. And he could tell immediately there was something wrong. Uh, that student was not in their normal m- uh, mindset. And so he, he immediately walked away from me and went to that student, addressed him by name and asked him, you know, are you okay? Um, and they, there was, he actually had uncovered some things that were pretty significant with that student in that moment. And was able to get him down to the counselor's office and and they, you know it was very instrumental in getting that students and the assistant that, that that they needed that day in that particular moment um, so i think for us it's it's dealing with some of these these things that go back to that relationship piece but also being prepared to deal with the situations that may occur within the building that were more some of those more structural safety things that you mentioned whether it be somebody in the office that's, you know, uh, um, you know, having a, having a bad day with the staff members in the office, or making sure that there aren't people coming and going from the from the buildings, you know, when they shouldn't be, um, and, and just keeping more a, a, a close eye on some of those more structural safety things that that you kind of mentioned. So it, again, it, it kind of sp- uh, runs the gamut between some of those things and those relationships that you mentioned.
0: You know, just to build off of that, I was going to mention too, one of the unique things in our um, community is our relationship with Fisher's Police Department. And we're so lucky to have such wonderful school resource officers in our district. And, But we also have the opportunity to communicate with all police officers. So, you know, if an officer is um, sent to a home one evening because there's a crisis situation with that family. One of the wonderful things about our relationship is that we have an MOU in place where we can freely communicate with one another. And so that helps us to be able to provide the supports that we need to at school for students. Um, You know, if a situation occurred in their home the night before, whether that was a crisis situation with the student or a crisis situation within that family, we're able to kind of, you know, our school resource officers work with our school counselors to make sure that we are able to support those students when they come to
1: school
3: yeah I think I think as we recognize some of the equity things you mentioned Ryan you know if we've got a student who comes to school and they've been up all night because uh, maybe there's been a domestic dispute of some sort in the home where you know that's not ideal obviously that those things happen however and you got a student who's um, you know, experienced a traumatic event overnight because their parents are, you know, having a pretty serious issue, maybe some violence perhaps. Uh, and they come into school and the first thing they, 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 they do is they come in contact with a teacher uh, because they have a, a spelling test or something and they don't have a pencil with them. And then they get in trouble for not having a pencil. Having a pencil that in, in that moment is the last thing on that student's mind. And being able to understand that we don't unroll the whole you know discipline you know thing every time equally across the board we have to know what our kids are dealing with and as we as we discover those things we, we enter that engagement with them and trying to understand and having that that focused approach on what what is it that they're dealing with that trauma that that, that trauma centered sort of approach and again i don't ask our sros to know all those things but they should be able to find those things and be able to engage those things um, just the same way as our school staff members would.
2: And and the reality is uh, all of our listeners know that we are a very large corporation. We have nearly 22,000 students. And the goal is to make make our schools feel small. And, And you do that through relationship building. When you have connectivity, when you know there's trusted adults, people that care, then, then it, it, it shrinks down and becomes very manageable, it becomes very customized, it becomes very personable. And so the, uh, as we're dealing with the trauma that is always gonna be ever present uh, in the lives of just all of us, staff members, students, uh, it's just so important to know where to get help. As we analyze um, our remaining two layers, um, and again, uh, the first one we talked about was prevention and education. That's our layer one that we talked about. Uh, we've just been talking to you about layer two, which which consists of the deterrence, delay, and the detection component. Our last two layers are really talking about um, how do we respond? How do we mitigate? Because we know there's going to be traumatic things that happen. We know we're going to just we're going to run into that, and we unfortunately have done uh, this year alone. We've had several different crisis situations that we just have to respond to. And 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 then recover from. And so I'd like uh, Brooke and, and OJ to talk a little bit about how how we mitigate, how do we respond, how do we recover from from some of those issues that occur um, that are unfortunate, but that they, they do happen.
0: Well, I can I can talk a little bit first. So, you know, as a district, um we we know that every crisis situation, just like school safety, there's no one size fits all approach to crisis response, right? Um, And we feel very strongly that not only that school safety, there needs to be the physical safety of students in place, especially when a crisis situation occurs, but we also have to be able to be ready and prepared to also support the psychological safety of our students and staff when crisis situations occur. And so um, our district is trained in an evidence-based crisis response um, model through the National Association of School Psychologists. It's called the PREPARE model, Um, and so we really use that that model when when a crisis situation occurs to respond. um, And we use that to really identify who are the students and staff that we need to get to first to provide that mental health support to, and who are the students and staff that, you know, they're going to need some type of support, but maybe not right away, and so we really use that approach, Um and Ryan and I use kind of tag team that approach when when situations occur, and the most important thing first is that stabilization um, happens, and that everyone is safe, um, and then we really, um case by case, identify how we're going to approach the building, the students, the staff members um, to provide the the supports that they need in order to to heal from that crisis. Because we know that if we don't provide that psychological support, um, these crisis situations can have long lasting impacts on um, the mental health of our staff and students. So we take all of these situations very seriously and, and we use that approach to really identify how we respond.
3: Yeah, I think from from the SRO perspective, um, you know, it, it kind of as we go from one layer to the next here, you know, making sure that we do something that we refer to as stress inoculation a little bit, and that's really more so for our staff members, in that we drill, drill, drill these these scenarios so that when the actual scenario occurs, uh, our our adults in the building have gone through these things and with mental reps so that they can kind of understand. When the pressure's on, when it happens, th- this is the way for us to respond. And then, those drills also allow for us to do some of that with the students, whether it be the, you know, the very re- regular and I hate to say it, but almost regular and mundane uh, fire drill, right? they, they all uh, kind of know what they're doing, and so if if a fire or whatever to occur, everybody knows exactly what to do. Um, we try to do the same thing with every drill that we do, whether it be the man-made uh, threat drill or the severe weather drill, or you name it. Um, but our SROs try to be involved in those drills to kind of bring up that stress inoculation a little bit, so that when the actual stress occurs, you're, it's not quite a traumatic uh, event, um, you know. And then, of course, you know, the 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 major event that although. It's not statistically common, but some of the, the threats that come into our buildings, such as the, the active shooter or uh, some of those other things that could occur, I'd like to, I'd like to teach our teachers a little bit more frequently on the things that are more likely to occur, like a like a broken bone on the playground, for example, um, something uh, that's more more likely to occur. Um, but we also across our entire agency train our officers um, uh, on you know the uh, run, hide, fight, Alice avoid, deny, defend model. We have a, a, a section of our department that we refer to as our uh, high, high threat response team or high threat response model so that we are prepared to come in to mitigate uh, these events wherever they occur in the community. Uh, but but our school resource officers in our schools are uh, highly trained in dealing with some of those uh, very significant things. But they're also trained to deal with those more common things like a, a broken bone on the playground, for example. Um, so we try to run the gamut here a little bit and then go beyond what the staff can do to deal with those more serious events uh, that really that is kind of why we're there.
2: And, and for our listeners, I, I think too, um, we, we have taken great strides in in making sure that our, our drills are very age appropriate. We, we don't want to cause trauma through drilling. And I think that's important that our community knows that, that we have taken a lot of efforts to in uh, OJ, maybe you can talk about what what would a drill for a man-made occurrence, um, for instance, active shooter. That's the one that gets the national headlines. Of course, it should. Um, but what what would a first grade classroom uh, drill look like in that scenario? That's a great question. I,
3: and we do spend a lot of time talking about how we do that in an age-appropriate uh, manner. And I think a first grade classroom dealing with an active shooter drill the main the main point we get across to those students is to follow the teachers instructions right whether that be you know stand up and do 10 jumping jacks or everybody run out the window right i mean so it we we, we do those things so that the kids not, aren't necessarily being exposed to a high level traumatic drill um we also have a book that we'll read in class and some schools do it differently some some schools will have a student the the uh the classroom teacher read the book and then follow that up with questions with their school resource officer later, or some some will actually invite the school resource officer in to read the book. But the the, the title of the book is "I'm Not Scared, I'm Prepared," and it kind of takes the uh, intruder model and it you know puts characters like a wolf and sheep and and wolf uh, 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 sheepdog um, you know in, in as the characters and uh, everybody has their role to play and we get the message across in a way that's more story like and not you know munition rounds or bb guns or those things are not appropriate in a drill uh, at any level actually but um we, we do we do spend a lot of time in making sure that the younger kids get the message that
2: they just need to follow the directions of their teacher we uh we're kind of closing into our our time uh here today so i would like to uh if if i could just ask you guys to uh you know just a, about a 30 second nugget if you would of a piece of advice you would like to leave with our parents today in terms of safety Brooke, we'll start with you
0: Sure. Well, I think one nugget that I would love for parents to take away from this conversation is that if you have any concerns about your child or another child's mental health, um, that we have experts in our buildings who are here to work through that with you, to provide support. And so, you know, it never hurts to reach out. Um, reach out to your child's teacher, reach out to their school counselor and, and have a conversation with them if you have a concern, because, you know, we like Ryan said at the beginning, it takes a village um, to keep our schools safe. And we want to be part of that village with your family. Um, And we realize that, you know, being a parent is difficult. All of us on this podcast right now are parents. We know sometimes your child will do something and you'll think, is that normal? Um, And so I think it's important for for parents to understand that we're here to be partners with you and support you and your family. Um, And in the end, that's what helps keep our schools safe: is is making sure that when issues arise, that you have support.
3: Yeah, I think it's the same. I I think we, as our you know as school resource officers, it's our really goal to make sure we are fully engaged in the school community and not just the you know the the long arm of the law that happens to you know come in. We we want to be considered staff members. We we and I th- I think we've accomplished that. I think it's important for even our staff members to know that, that, you know, those SROs in the building, you know, are just as much as part of that school, school community or want to be a, a, as part of that school community as any other member of that building. And, and that goes for our students as well. And, and uh, you know, the one thing that I, I think is important is that, you know, our officers fully engage in the uh, school community. Uh, and whether that be from a professional side where, where they are receiving the we didn't really get a chance to talk much about our our text to tip uh, text to tip uh, you know uh, product that we kind of use where we where, where students can communicate with us not anonymously about threats to their school and their safety, but whether it's dealing with those types of things or it's because their SRO is uh, you know. A, 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 uh, part of a club that they're in, or maybe a coach on the team that they're on. We really want to be fully engaged across the entire spectrum. And, and I'll echo what Brooke said, that if there's anyone in the community that has questions about uh, how their SROs engage with the school, they're certainly welcome to reach out to me uh, at any time through the police department or directly to their school resource officer in their building and, and just know that we are we are here to help uh, get through a whole myriad of uh, experiences,
2: both positive and negative in our community. Well, thank you, uh, Brooke and, and OJ, uh, for, for sharing your expertise uh, today. I would just, um, in closing, I would just uh, echo both that it's a, it's a true partnership. I'm very grateful of the City of Fishers and, and for our SRO unit of being a part of that. And Brooke, uh, for you forging relationships with community and, and leading those health uh, mental health initiatives, uh, we can't do it without you guys. And so we're very appreciative and uh, I guess that, that kind of wraps things up. And of course, we, we, again, we are here for you. Uh, we are, you know, again, we consider ourselves as servants to, to our community and we, we wait and uh, lie, wait to serve. So thank you so much for joining us here today.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We have more great content planned for future podcasts. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss Raising HSE.